Well, good morning. And that was, I uh, really appreciate that music this morning. Um, on occasion, I get like this big frog in my throat and I can't sing. So this was one of those occasions. And um, I really just appreciated that. Sometimes we do get in that place when there's nothing that we can do except just to say, um, God, you are good. God, you are God. I don't know uh, why I'm going through what I'm going through right now, but I, I know that uh, you are still sovereign and you are still good and you are still true. And I'm just going to say hallelujah, um, even though I really don't see it and feel like it right now. Um, in fact, that's kind of where um, this message series is is a bit birthed out of was this kind of this uh, this time um, I'll just be, be honest I, I had a, a whole different message series that was planned for this time of the year that I've through my own personal Bible study and prayer I, I, I felt like the Lord had interjected this particular message series on Habakkuk um, which is uh, a book that 99% of us just flip right over, right? I mean, most of us, if I said, turn to Habakkuk in your paper Bible without a table of contents, you could do it really quickly. Uh, it's just not one of those things. But after I was uh, doing some of my personal Bible study and, pray, and praying uh, earlier this week. I felt like this was something that, that I needed. It pointed me to Habakkuk, and I said, you know what, Lord, if, if I need it, then uh, maybe some of my brothers and sisters at Partnership need it as well. So as we begin uh, um, opening up the book of Habakkuk, I'm going to pray for us that God just reveals to us uh, what he would like us to receive this morning. Almighty God, you are good and you are holy. And Lord, just as the, the, the music reiterated just as our hearts know and that your word continues to um, to um, confirm nothing happens outside of your oversight nothing happens outside of your permission you are almighty there is no God greater than you there's no one wiser than you there is none more righteous more true than you there's none more good than you. And God, you that, that is the God that we come before this morning. Lord, in, in worship, in humility, some of us in, uh, in excitement, some of us in brokenness, but all of us, Father, in full submission to your authority over all things. And I pray this morning, Lord, that as we open up this book, this prophet of old, Lord, that each of us are able to receive something special, something new this morning that comes from you, that you spoke centuries ago, that still is alive and well because, Lord, you are the living God. And all that you spoke then is still applicable now because you are God that never changes. I pray, Father, that we receive the words that you have for us this morning. Receive, Lord, the, the permission that you are granting to us this morning through your word. And as we receive that, Father, I pray that we submit to it and become obedient, Lord, even greater today than we were yesterday to an almighty God. It's in Jesus Christ I pray. Amen. So I mentioned we're, so we're in the book of Habakkuk over the next four Sundays. And um, Habakkuk is a, is a 
is a book, like I said, that's, that doesn't get a lot of airplay. Uh, probably because many people can't even pronounce Habakkuk. Uh, and they really don't want to say his name. So they figure, you know, if I just skip over it, it's not that big of a deal. And, or maybe it's because Habakkuk is not necessarily one of the, the big five prophets that we read about in the Old Testament. In fact, Habakkuk is considered one of the twelve, one of the twelve minor prophets. And the reason they're called minor prophets is because their books are so small. Their books are small. They very rarely have a whole lot to say about a lot of things. In fact, they're, they're, uh, the minor prophets are more narrowly focused in their prophecy and their teaching. They're more narrowly focused on a particular event or, or maybe even the, the central nation of Israel and not so much on the broader spectrum of all humanity and all nations like some of the major prophets are. Um, so the minor prophets, they, like Habakkuk, they don't get a lot of airplay, but the truth is that the way that God speaks to them and through them and in conversation with them, we can still pull a lot of, uh, a lot of experience from these prophets that is still applicable today for us as believers. Now, the book of Habakkuk was written um, right around the... the last days of the of the seventh century so between the sixth and the seventh century 609 to 605 bc that doesn't mean anything to you uh you guys remember in the in the bible when babylon uh, when babylon took over judah destroyed jerusalem so that happened in 586 habakkuk was prophesying just before about 15 to 20 years before that event happened and habakkuk was one that had witnessed a lot of evil and wickedness and it's not just that he'd witnessed a lot of evil and wickedness throughout the world it was obviously around them in Assyria and Babylon and Egypt and all of these nations these mighty nations that were surrounding Judah with all this evil and wickedness but that wasn't what Habakkuk was concerned about Habakkuk's concern was was with the wicked and evil that was within Judah itself that was there in the midst of Israel in fact, he had seen, or what he had witnessed, was that wickedness and evil almost seemed to prevail. In fact, it was prevailing over righteousness and goodness and truth. He had witnessed the time of the, the good king Josiah, who was the last great king of Judah. This young man that had come in and decided to wipe out all of the, the idols and all of the, uh, um, all of the, the, the the spiritism and the mysticism and all of the debauchery within Judah and it had sought to turn Judah back um, towards keeping its sights on a holy God, returning the temple to its proper worship, getting rid of all of these high places and all this pagan worship. Josiah was a good king. He had good intentions. He would have been what we would have called a man after God's own heart. He actually was in the line of David. But what Habakkuk actually witnessed was this good king Josiah dying at the hands of a pagan king. Josiah was murdered in war by Egypt. And Habakkuk scratching his head going, this, no, but he was doing what God you wanted. And then he saw put in his place a king Jehoiakim. Jehoiakim was actually put into place by Egypt as king, and Jehoiakim was evil. I mean, he was rotten to the core. Everything that Jeho Josiah was, Jehoiakim was not. 
He was evil, wicked. He did not worship. He was, he was burning scrolls of, Jer- of the prophet Jeremiah, putting prophets to death. That's how evil this king was. And, and Habakkuk is going, I'm looking around me, and I'm seeing the goodness. I'm seeing the things that are righteous being swallowed up by evil and debauchery. Does that sound a little bit about like what we feel like sometimes today? I mean, seriously, maybe in our own country, maybe in our world, we feel like, man, evil and wickedness is just, it seems to be just swallowing up the good, the true, the holy, the righteous. And whereas we sometimes scratch our heads and we complain and we argue to one another and we go, you know, what, what's, you know, I, I just... I'm just not really sure how to respond to this. Habakkuk does something that we probably don't normally do. He turns his complaint, he turns his argument to the only one who will listen and can do anything about it. And Habakkuk, when he complains, now let me tell you, he doesn't hold back any words at all. And we're going to read this morning to start from Habakkuk chapter 1, verse 1 through 4. And it begins this, the pronouncement that the prophet Habakkuk saw. Now, some translations will say the oracle that Habakkuk saw. And the word oracle is merely just a burden that is placed on either Habakkuk or the the nation. Uh, It's actually a, a judgment that's being handed down. So this pronouncement that's being spoken to the prophet Habakkuk from the Lord. And the, the, the communication or the conversation begins specifically with Habakkuk praying to God. How long, Lord, must I call for help and you do not listen or cry out to you about violence and you do not save? Why do you force me to look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Oppression and violence are right in front of me. Strife is ongoing and conflict escalates. This is why the law is ineffective and justice never emerges. emerges. For the wicked restrict the righteous, therefore justice comes out perverted. Now, how many of us read that and we think about someone saying this to an almighty God and we're going, yee. I hope he has fire insurance. (laughs) Because I'm sitting here thinking... At any moment, an almighty God is going to be so disrespected that he is going to just go, and you're done, Habakkuk. How dare you speak to me that way? We're going to get into more next week about God's response. But the truth is, God allows him this audience. God allows Habakkuk to speak his mind. In our human nature... We often want to speak our mind, even when it's about God and what God is or isn't doing. We want to speak our mind, but we don't necessarily want to speak it to God, do we? We're all about talking about what God does or doesn't do to somebody else. Right? 
I don't know why God's not healing me of whatever this is. I don't know why God's allowing, you know, this nation to take over that nation. I don't know why God is allowing all the, the injustice in the world. And, and we're complaining to one another, and it's just like this, and it just goes back and forth. And there's really no solution because neither person has any capacity to do anything about it. But what Habakkuk does is he takes his complaints right to the one who can. And I think what we can learn from Habakkuk is the fact that we shouldn't just complain about God, but we need to complain to him. How many of us going, eee, I don't know. That still sounds a little bit, you know, that's, that's treacherous waters. Maybe we do. Maybe, maybe Habakkuk gives us the permission to bring our complaints, our burdens, our struggles to God and speak freely to him about those things. Look at the way that Habakkuk speaks to the Lord and the ways that I feel like, man, I truly felt like God was at any moment was just going to take him out. How long, Lord, must I call for your help? And you do not listen. He points out the Lord and he says, Look, I am calling out to you, God, but you are not listening to me. You're not listening to me when I call out to you about violence and you do not save. Don't you care about violence? Don't you care about injustice? You don't save. You force me instead to look at all of this debauchery, he says. Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Oppression and violence are right in front of me. God, they're right in front of me. Obviously, you can see it also, right? Strife is ongoing. Conflict escalates. And here's like the the uppercut gut punch. This is why the law, whose law? God's law. God, this is why, it's almost as if Habakkuk says, God, this is why your law, is ineffective and justice never emerges for the wicked restrict the righteous and therefore justice comes out perverted we're going to hover on that for today we're not going to we're not going to go into God's response we're going to get into that next week and and the reason why I want us to do that because I want us to see the audience that Habakkuk had with God that it was a no holds barred I am fed up and I am burdened I am hurt I am gut-wrenching with what I see here and the things that Habakkuk was praying for and praying to God about they were things that, that are holy and righteous things. He just wasn't seeing God doing anything about them. And he was frustrated. And maybe he was even angry. You know, when I look at the, the way that God allowed this audience with Habakkuk, I think, you know, why, why do I feel so scared to go before God whenever I have such a complaint, such a frustration, such a burden. You know, I believe that that God would much rather us complain to him for one who can do something about it than to others who can't do anything about it. 
You see, Habakkuk's experience that shows us that God is willing to listen. God is willing to absorb the burdens that we cast on to him. He's willing to hear our needs. He's willing to allow us to, to have our say. And this, and this, the, the, the title of today's message is the permission to speak freely. God is saying, yes, you have permission. I already know what you're thinking. I already know what you're saying to your neighbor. You may as well just say it to me. God says, speak to me. Tell me about your burdens. Tell me exactly what's on your heart, why you struggle, what you, what you hate seeing, what you feel like I'm not doing. Because in that, we are saying right from the beginning that it is only, with that audience that we have between us and him, that God is the only power who is able to change and fix anything. You see, believers need to be honest in our prayers. We need to be able to express our burdens freely to him. Now, our first assumption is, well, maybe Habakkuk was the only one that ever had uh, a conversation like this with the Lord, and actually he's not. And we go into specifically in the New Testament, and we read several instances of people that had come before the Lord with their burdens laid them bare, and, and did not receive the answer that they wanted, but they recognized that I'm going to lay this out before a God that I'm, I'm not even 100% sure he's listening, but I know that I know that he is sovereign, and if anybody can and will, he is the one who can and will. The first one that came to mind for me was Paul. Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. He said, so that I would not exalt myself... A thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to torment me so that I would not exalt myself. Concerning this, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it would leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is perfected in weakness. Now, a lot of times we will we'll take our eyes and we'll hover to that verse 9 and we'll, we'll make that kind of our, our theme song for our lives. God's grace is sufficient for me. His power is perfected in our weakness. But we don't consider what Paul was going through and the prayer in which he prayed in the midst of his burden. It said that he pleaded with the Lord three times that this messenger, specifically a messenger of Satan that tormented Paul. Could you imagine what that prayer sounded like? God, are you really going to allow this demon to torment me all of my life? Aren't you good enough? Aren't you righteous enough to cast this thing out once and for all? But the response of the Lord was that just recognize that my grace is sufficient to overcome each and every day that you have Paul struggling with this messenger of Satan. Paul had no quarrels whatsoever of bringing his burden before the Lord and doing that openly and doing it honestly. 
and he didn't go here and he didn't complain to the Corinthians about it. He was actually telling the people at Corinth how he had complained to God about it. And God had his say. What about what I believe is probably the status quo for someone bearing their burden is Jesus Christ himself. If you'll remember in uh, the book of Luke, chapter 22, when Jesus goes to the garden to pray before he was going to be arrested and crucified, the word says that Jesus withdrew from them about a stone's throw. He knelt down, to begin, he, he, he withdrew from the disciples in the garden, knelt down, and he began to pray, Father, if you are willing, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, my will Not my will, but yours be done. Now, a lot of times we stop right there and we go, well, Jesus prayed this short little prayer, but then he said, God's will be done, and he was done with it. But if we continue reading on, it says, an angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. But Jesus, being in anguish, he prayed more fervently, and his sweat became like drops of blood falling to the ground. I don't know about you, but this this is an image of a man who is burdened unto death and knows that it's coming and recognizing that God is not going to remove that cup from him, but yet doesn't hold back of sharing that burden with God the Father said that his anguish was such that his sweat became like drops of blood falling to the ground. That is stress. That's a burden. A lot of us have burdens, but I've never sweat like that. If Habakkuk could do it, if Paul could do it, if Jesus could do it, then don't we also not just have the permission to speak freely, but each one of us, we're actually asked by the Lord to come to Him and speak freely with our burdens and our complaints. This is a tough lesson to learn, I believe, from the prophets of old, from Paul, from Jesus, to recognize that there, are, there, there is nothing that we cannot bring into the presence of an almighty God. And if we don't understand, then cry out to God and say, God, I don't understand Help me to understand. Will you allow me to understand? God, I don't know why. Why? Why? There's this this word called theodicy. Are you familiar with this word? This word theodicy, it actually is a a term that is, um, that actually is not necessarily a biblical term, but it's that the idea or the definition is peppered throughout Scripture. And even from the beginning of time to today, and the word theodicy basically means does, how can good and evil coexist? 
How can a good, righteous God allow evil and wickedness to exist at the same time? And there's this battle, this internal battle that people have had for centuries and centuries and centuries up to us today, and we'll be having it until Jesus returns, about how does an almighty, holy, righteous God, how does he permit evil and wickedness and debauchery to exist in his kingdom? And that's the same thing that Habakkuk was struggling with. God, I know who you are. I know you're almighty. I know that, that, you, that you have conquered all things. I know that if anyone can save us, you can. Why don't you? And I know that you would love for me to give you the answer to that. And the truth is, often... I don't have an answer for that either. Either. But I believe what God wants us to hear and what he wants us to know through the experience of Habakkuk was that prophets and faithful followers of Jesus Christ at least know where to go when they don't understand. They know that if there are going to be answers, it's only going to come from the one true God. If there's going to be an explanation, it's only going to come through the one true God. If there's going to be healing, if there's going to be righteousness, if there's going to be justice, it's only going to come through the one true God. So why not cast our burdens on Him and not on a bunch of stuff and a bunch of people that can't do anything about our situation? You know, Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection provided us with an open invitation to have an audience with God for these very things. Prophets like Habakkuk in the Old Testament, they had this, these special relationships with the Almighty God because this was before, this was before the Son of God. This was before Jesus' reign. And the Spirit of God only rested on select people in that age. Only select people had the ability to have that audience with God. But today is different. Today we live in the reign of an almighty King, Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior, forever. And his kingship has unleashed the, the presence of the Holy Spirit among us and in us. That has allowed us to have the, the audience with God for any communication at any place at any time. To do exactly what Habakkuk did. And maybe some of us need to just have that permission spoken to you from here shown to you in the word permission to speak freely to an almighty God. Not permission from me, permission that was made possible by a king, a savior, a messiah that righted the wrong between mankind and God, that closed the chasm between humanity and an almighty father. 
and created a, 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 a space that each of us can come before God with all of our burdens in honesty, bearing our souls to Him. Complain to Him. If you've got a complaint, take it to the boss. He might say yes. He might give you a solution. He might not. He might make you wait. He might make you not have an, n- never know the answer. One way or the other, he's still sovereign. And if anyone can, he can. This morning as we commune together, I want that to be our focus as we take the bread and the cup this morning. Our focus on Jesus Christ as closing the gap, as healing the gap between a broken humanity and an almighty God. Providing the audience for each one of us in the presence of an almighty God. And yes, giving us all permission to speak freely and to complain and to take our burdens to Him, laying our burdens at the foot of an almighty God. Because if anyone can, He is the only one who can. And it is by Jesus Christ's sacrifice, by Him paying the penalty of sin, Allowing himself to die on a cross, allowing himself to be buried, allowing himself to pay the penalty of death, and being, being resurrected from the grave. That the Spirit of God now has made his home with those who follow him. That the Spirit of God now reigns freely with humanity. And is able to hear not just select prophets here and there. But every man and woman and child that honors the Lord Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And takes to him their burdens and their struggles. Almighty God, I pray that as we eat this morning. Lord, we recognize the the payment that was paid in order to allow us communication and audience with you. And so many times, Father, we've, we fail to communicate to you the things that we truly feel. You know them anyway. But for some reason, we fail to trust them to the only one who can. Father, I pray this morning that as we take the bread and we take the cup, we recognize and remember that the audience with you, Lord, has been provided by a sacrificial lamb, by a Savior, your Son, Jesus Christ. And Father, I pray that the price that Jesus paid Lord, that we honor that price that Jesus prayed and that we, we honor the, the, the thing that he provided for us to be in your presence 
wholly and completely and permanently. Lord, that we show our gratitude for a sacrificial lamb, sacrificial Savior, by using the benefits, the liberties in which he granted us through his sacrifice. And one of those being our communication with you, our prayer with you, the bearing of our burdens to you, the open and honest prayer of need, of pleading, of desire, of hope to an almighty God. Father, I pray this morning that as we recognize and remember the sacrifice of Jesus, Lord, that we each take this time Lord, to open up to you. To say that's really, what's really been on our hearts. The things that we've really struggled with. The things that have really burdened us. We thank you, Father, for that audience. For making it possible through your son, Jesus Christ. It's in his name I pray. Amen.